We know more than we ever have about what it takes for optimal learning, and we're putting it into practice for children across Los Altos School District. I'm Sandra McGonigal, the Superintendent of Schools. And I'm Greg Drummond, Director of Teaching and Learning. Welcome to the LASD Experience. All right, good morning, Gregory. Good morning, Sandra. Uh, I'm glancing on my board here at my at my loser sticker that yes. you created for me last week because I lost our audio file. You earned it. I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, we are re-recording Season 2, Episode 3. Here we are. And uh, this is a fun episode because I'm doing more of like an interview style. And it's fun for me because I'm doing more like an interviewee style. Okay, that's fun. Uh, So today's episode is titled The Science of How Kids Learn to Read. Correct. Uh, You've taught me about this phrase, so teach a little to our listeners. Well, I think if you're anywhere connected with the world of education, you've heard of the science of reading um, as a movement. It is a movement. Um, The movement is really about bringing to light the ways our system has not paid attention to the science of how kids learn how to read. Yes. And I think it's a really important distinction, the two. One is a movement and one is the science. Correct. And you can be really espoused in the science without being part of the movement. Sure. (laughs) We appreciate the movement because we've learned a lot. And today, I think our listeners are going to hear uh, some ways that we have incorporated the science of how kids learn to read through the movement of the science of reading. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of goofy, but that's the way it is. All right. So four ways... Let's talk about number one. Yep. Uh, the first way is sequence direct explicit phonics. Mm-hmm. And sequence I want to talk direct. about yep. each one of those words. Sequenced means that the skills, the phonics skills kids are taught happen in an order that make a lot of sense. Yes. The purpose of phonics is that kids learn to read and write. Yes. That's that why is the we purpose. teach phonics. Yes. So a sequence that makes sense has to do with giving kids access to phonics skills in an order that is high utility. They can make words and read words Mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, The next part of it is direct and explicit, meaning that it's not like a guessing game. Yeah. (laughs) Like kids are taught directly. These are the sounds that... These are the letters that represent these sounds, and you put them together, and you practice writing them. Absolutely. Uh, This reminds me, just um, maybe a week or so ago, I was in one of our first grade classrooms just walking through, and it was explicit direct phonics time Mm -hmm. in this classroom, and all the kids were up on the carpet, and the teacher was teaching a digraph, Mm -hmm. which all of our kids use that vocabulary word, digraph, and Uh it's two letters together, I've learned, that make one sound. Correct. And this digraph was CH makes CH. And the kids were enthralled with this idea that two letters together make only one sound. Yeah. So the teacher was uh, teaching this, and they were repeating the sounds. And then she opened it up to the class. Please think of some words you know that have the digraph ch in right. it. Well, the hands shoot up like crazy. Uh-huh, the kids are so excited. Sure. And the first kid who gets called on proudly says, my word is C-H-Cheese. 
<laughs> and the whole class erupts in applause. They were so <laughs> excited. And so the teacher scribes the word uh -huh. cheese and underlines right. the digraph. It was super cute. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. You know, it doesn't, uh, that kind of phonics instruction, very explicit phonics yes. instruction, doesn't mean that there's also not a place for like games related to Absolutely. learning songs and all of this sort of thing that also happen in a really well-balanced classroom. Yes. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, so number two, this idea of uh, decoding versus guessing. Sure. Talk about that. Uh, decoding means like you're taking apart the code. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Decoding. So like if you are presented with a word, uh, you sound out the parts of the word instead of using the clues around the word yes. to guess what the word might be. And this is, there's been a huge debate in the reading world about yes. the best way for kids learn how to read, and that has been settled. Yes, it is settled. Like, there is no question that kids need to learn to decode and not use what some people call a three-queuing method Correct. to guess words. We have stopped using that method, Correct. yes, within our thing. Do you want to talk a little bit about this idea of the swinging mm. pendulum? Yeah, this is um, an idea that happens in education. I've heard so, so many teachers, yeah. and I've said it myself, yes. well, the pendulum is going to swing back. If you don't like what's going on now, just wait 10 years. It'll come, it'll right come right back to right where back. it was. And the thing is that the pendulum doesn't have to swing. We throw the, like, the pendulum to me means, like, we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, everything we've been doing it's is no horrible. longer good yes. because now the science of reading is telling us that everything we've been doing is, is awful. And it's not true. It's not true. There are some things that we need to do differently. Absolutely. And we're doing them differently. And we are. Mm -hmm. It's great. Um, so we are teaching kids how to decode. Mm -hmm. And what tools do we have? This is number three. Talk to us a little bit about decodable texts. Sure. One, one of the tools we have is um, books that uh, give kids an opportunity to decode using the phonics skills they've already learned. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's different than if you don't have a sequence structured set of phonics lessons, then it's, it's, it's almost harder. impossible yeah. to give kids books that have um, a range Accessible, of words yes. that they can actually decode because the purpose of phonics is course that sure. kids can read, read. and yes. write. <laughs> And so we need to give them books to do this. Yes. We have purchased for every um, K-2 classroom uh, a set of decodable texts called... They're so cute. Oh, my gosh. No, jump I Rope Readers. The Jump Rope Readers. Yes. They're incredible. They are so thoughtfully written. And one of the things that has happened in decodable texts traditionally is that it's very hard in those simple... Yeah. Using those simple words to actually tell a yeah. story yes. that kids have to think about. Well, these all tell a story, and oftentimes they're funny or, you know. Recurring characters. They've got recurring characters there. Um, they have uh, characters that represent uh, kids from a diverse set of backgrounds. Yeah, they're uh, really fantastic. It's really great. And to see kids when you're in the classroom and they've been working on very specific sounds in their decoding, uh, to see them reading their books mm -hmm. like the pride in that is really incredible. Yeah. It's so fantastic. Kids have this range of books that yep. they, when they're 
having their book bags. They'll have a set of decodable books. They'll have some books that aren't decodable. Um, it's great. It is great. And at the same time, before we go on to number four, I think it's interesting to talk about how that translates to writing, mm. which I think is, and if I'm, maybe I'm wrong, encoding. Oh, yes. Right? Do you want to talk uh -huh. a little bit about the difference between decoding and sure. encoding? Well, if you're decoding, you're taking yes. the code apart. And if you're encoding, you're, you're putting, putting the code together. together, right? So um, if I'm reading the word can and I'm deciphering what's on the page, and I match that. If I want to write the word can, I have to think about that in my head. What are the sounds? And then I need to match the letters to the sound and put them on the page. Yeah. It's a lot of work for a little kid to put all of that together. But the magic for kids is when they have figured out the code, yeah. the confidence that comes oh, yeah. from both being able to decode and, and encode. Those kids feel like they've arrived. Reading is a big hump to get over. It really is. It's fantastic. Such an accomplishment it in is. their little lives. Um, so the last number four on our list today, uh, talk about the importance of knowledge building. Sure. Uh, this really has to do with comprehension. Mm -hmm. uh, any, like if you're listening or reading, yes, uh, it's very, very difficult to encounter a new text if you don't have any background knowledge right. regarding what the text is about. And the science of how kids learn how to read has revealed how important it is for students to go deeply into a variety of topics yes. so that the knowledge and background around a wide range of things, but also the language of getting deep into a, a uh, one topic, topic yes. is really critical to them be able to transfer that kind of understanding to a new topic. Yeah, it's really fun. And within our reading and writing units mm -hmm. of study, students have lots of opportunities throughout the grades to do more research-based non-fiction uh, or uh, informational text mm -hmm. in both reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And then they'll take that uh, in other units, they'll, they'll do similar where they research, but they'll also add on this idea of uh, taking on an opinion or persuading. Yes. Um, and then they'll turn that into a, uh, a product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> This was probably, uh, this was sometime last year. I was at a second grade classroom over at Loyola, and um, they were doing the, the research unit, mm -hmm. writing unit in sixth grade. And everybody in the classroom chose, I think it was all an animal-based mm -hmm. research unit. So everybody had their animals. So I'm walking around the room, and the kids have books everywhere about their animals, uh, some of them are have their Chromebooks up and they're doing some guided um, research and I'm making my way and kids are telling me all these things and I stop at um, a girl who is studying deeply about elephants and so I leaned down to her and I said tell me what you've learned about elephants and so she just rattles off and she's using very advanced elephant vocabulary sure. <laughs> like she is in it <laughs> an expert um, among elephants and as before I part uh, I said well I am so excited because my my husband loves elephants and it is his dream 
to see an elephant mm -hmm. in the wild. And she deadpans, looks at me and says, well, he better hurry up because they are endangered and they're going quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. That's awesome. Well, you know, it's that kind of deeper knowledge. Oh, yeah. Because she spent time reading more than just like one text about Correct. elephants. And she probably, my guess is that she approached that project with questions that she wanted to have answers to. Absolutely. And then she read something that created another question for her. Yeah, this is what we teach kids to do to build knowledge. Yeah, it's fantastic. And they get so excited about the so knowledge that excited. they're gaining. It's really terrific. Well, Gregory, um, Sandra, thank you for your wisdom around the science of how kids learn to read. Uh huh. And uh, we look forward to coming back soon with our next episode. Yeah, can't wait. All right. Thank you. See ya. Bye bye.